0: Welcome to Lift Your Legacy. My name is Jacob Rupp, father, husband, and rabbi. And each week, we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you unlock your inner potential and create change that will impact the future. Thank you for listening, and let's get to it. Thank you so much for joining us today on Lift Your Legacy. I am thrilled to have today Aliza Ben Shalom, the dating coach and guru who has been featured internationally in just about every corner of the world. She has her website, marriagemindedmentor.com. It's been in the business for over 10 years and has helped over 70 people get married. And I think one of the things that we discuss and work through are the mindset that's required. And this is not just for singles. It's for everybody in terms of what to expect, what to look for, how do you kind of get back on the horse after you fall off, so to speak, et cetera. And there's a lot of exciting stuff going on. There's some changes coming with the show. It means the world to me to know that the loyal listenership, you guys are out there. So if I could ask you to please help to share this story, to share the, the podcast itse- itself, if you have anybody that you're interested in me speaking to, please let me know, or in general, just reach out. But with no further ado, Mrs. Aliza Ben-Shalom. So let's, let's start from the beginning. How did you get into this line of work? And what made you feel like this was how you were going to give over most meaningfully to the world?
1: Great question. I love that question. I think that I I started out. I was like obsessed with relationships, obsessed with building connections, and I when I say obsessed. I mean it in a healthy way. I loved getting to know people. I loved connecting and i was doing it like in grade school i was doing it with siblings you name it i tried all different areas and when i became more observant and got into the jewish community i got married i had a couple kids and then i was looking for um something meaningful to do in addition to raising my family and i started out doing matchmaking on a dating website and that was good it was meaningful but it wasn't it didn't get to the heart of it for me i really wanted to work with people's heads and hearts, and matching them up was like part of the process, but to me, making sure that their head was in the right space, their heart was open, and they were able to receive what was being sent to them, that to me what was what became really important and meaningful.
0: Okay, and that's,
1: so... That's kind of, that's no, kind that's
0: of the background. So, so you started, you were not initially observant, it sounds like.
1: Correct. I started out Jewish, I grew up conservative loved my judaism always participated in youth groups and um anything that i could find jewish and then i kind of like i did more and then i did more and then i did more and when you do more you know all of a sudden one day you're like that's
0: fine. and and did you <laughs> and, was, and there any, was, was there was there any challenge in you finding a husband yourself was that kind of how did that whole process work
1: Right. It's so interesting. When I was dating, before I became religious, when I was secular, I was always looking for the one. Like I, even when I dated people, I was like, oh, he could be Mr. Right now, but he's not Mr. Right. I always was able to identify that. And then when I became observant, it was like, either I'm dating to find the right one, or I'm just not going to date. I kind of had that internal, I'm going to make a decision right now. I'm either going to date serious to marry, or you know what, I'm just going to figure myself out and and go in the world the way that I need to go by myself. And I I had a turning point.
0: Yeah, no, don't tell me what that turning point was.
1: So I was at, I was in this process of becoming observant, and I went to a friend's wedding, and she was also uh, along her journey. She's traditional. And at her wedding, she said, I want to give out a rose and a blessing to anybody that wants to get married. Come on up. Right. I'll give you a blessing and a rose. But it was like in the middle of the dance floor. Right. So it wasn't like I was making a decision just for myself. Okay, I'm ready. I'm going to take it on. It was like we were making an announcement to this community of people that was there. I took that moment really seriously. And I sat at the table. I was really with a whole bunch of strangers. She was my friend, but I didn't know all of her friends. And I was like, "Mm, do I want to get married? i'm like really do i want to get married and i was like i think i do actually i am ready i'm like i'm gonna take this on and i'm gonna make it my mission so i stood up i got up by the time i got up there there was a line of 10 people i patiently and you know a little bit embarrassed waited in that line and i got my rose and i got the blessing and i felt like right it wasn't about the rose and the blessing it was about some internal shift that happened with me and i made this decision that i wanted to find somebody that i was ready to build a relationship with somebody.
0: So, can we can we start there as a basic principle that i think is something i'm not sure how you how you speak about this with clients of yours, but certainly in the non-traditional Jewish world, people don't necessarily have that idea that i'm going to look for a specific type of relationship. It's much more i don't want to know if you want to call it natural, but you know, we sort of we date based on whatever. And then we just sort of see where it goes. So do you think that and it's, if
1: it happens, then exactly. I'll accept it, but I'm not so going to go look for it. Yes. What,
0: talk to me about that. Is that, is that good, bad? Would you advise clients to do that, et cetera?
1: Right. So my philosophy is that when you know what you want, you'll have a much easier time of looking for it, experiencing it, and actually getting it. And when you're unsure, right, anything can come to you and the possibility of it coming to you is there, but you're willing to accept anything, right? So so it's not what you want that you're going to accept. You're just going to accept what falls in your lap as opposed to being proactive and saying, wait, I might have something specific that I want. What is it that I want? And if I want it, how do I go about this process? How do I find it? So to me, it's I do it a little bit more methodically as opposed to whatever happens. And I believe in whatever happens. I love, right? God, Hashem sends abundance to us. And I'm like, okay, I'm open. Send it to me. Whatever it is, I'm opening my arms. I might, but I might not say yes, right? So I, I want to be Something I learned from childhood was that I needed to be decisive, that I had a hard time making decisions and things that came to me. I just accepted everything that came, but it wasn't necessarily what I want or what I needed. So when it came to making a decision about a spouse, I wanted to figure out how to be decisive. What do I want? What do I need? What's going to make me a better person and what's really good for me long-term, not just today, not this month, not this year, not whatever I'm going through immediately, but like... Who am I big picture? And who do I need to be with in order to actualize my potential?
0: So what you described there is something that I think is very scary for a lot of people, because first of all, how do you go about that process and figuring out what you want? And doesn't oftentimes over the course of our lives, those things change? And, And how do we know if we're with the right person? And how do you kind of set yourself up for a lifetime with somebody if you're kind of in flux and especially, you say you, you help with older, older you know singles, which kind of rages in the gamut and I keep pushing the definition of what older is, the whiter my beard becomes. But um, but um, you know we change a lot in life and we know that that's a constant and we always are seeking out kind of new opportunities, new developments. So how do you figure out what you want and then how do you make that broad enough, that umbrella big enough, so that it encompasses hopefully a lifetime of growth?
1: Right. <laughs> That's it. That is the challenge. And that's what I love working through. So for a lot of my clients, we start with what we know and what, not what I know, what they know and what they know is themselves. So a lot of people, you got two schools of thought, right? It's either I know myself. I know who I am. I know what I want. I don't really need your help. I just need you to set me up and find somebody. That's not what I do. But even those people that know themselves really well, their challenge is actually explaining that to the world and the world understanding it and giving back what they say they want, right? I know what I want. I tell you, but you keep sending me the wrong thing. Why? Why is that happening? The other side are people who are like, I don't exactly know who I am. Like, I'm, I'm kind of like this, right? Over here, I'm in this school of thought. Over there, I'm in this school of thought. I kind of have I'm, a, I'm, I'm eclectic, right? I have a lot of different sides to who I am, and I want to figure that out. So it doesn't really matter which school of thought you come from. It matters that we still start with you. We still go back to the basics of who you are, not just physically who you are, not just emotionally who you are, but deep, deep within, like, the innermost core of a person. Who, like, who do you want to be? What, what do you want to do? we have a whole world here. There's a whole world. You could do anything you want to do. I tell people sometimes if you had a million dollars or 10 million or now a hundred million dollars, I don't care. Your bank is so full and overflowing. You could never spend all the money you have. You have to be with somebody, a life partner. Now, money doesn't matter, so we don't care what kind of job. Do you still care if they're educated? Do you not? Are you more concerned about their personality, their meetups, they are? What are the things that really matter to you? And about yourself, what do you want to do in the world? Money's Money doesn't matter. You can do anything. What do you want to do and what type of person will help you to be your best to achieve whatever you want to do in the world? And it's, it is big, right? This is like, I'm giving you the big picture this like right this vision of like oh la right this this amazing thing but then we bring it down to tahas we talk about values we talk about preferences and and then we get into the like picky you know like i'm too picky everybody says i'm too picky and my answer is no you're not you have preferences you're supposed to have preferences if you don't have preferences if you're not picky then what's the problem The whole world's open to you. Anybody you date could be the right person. I could marry you. I could marry you. I could marry you. I could marry you. How could you even make a decision? The only way you make a decision is because the other person is picky and says, "Eh, I don't want you or I do want you, right? That's the only way a decision is made. But being picky and having preferences, it's normal. That's how we decide who we want to be and who we want to hang out with and what we want to do in the world. It works the same way with a spouse. It's so normal, but people get so anxious and not singles themselves only. All the people that are around the singles, family and friends and community members, their larger circle, everybody's like this, like, oh my gosh, you're getting older and a family and children and I'm really worried about you and uh, you're, I feel like you're kind of floating and you should really settle down and all these things And in singles, it's just like, oh, it just triggers such a pain. And really like, this is not the way the world is set up, right, the world is set up where we're supposed to come in and find our match. And the process is supposed to be difficult. I'm so sorry. It's just like, it's the way of the world. But it's not difficult for everybody, which is part of the problem, right? Some people, they meet the person and it's the first person, boom, and it happened. And then people are like, see, it happened for them. So why not for me? Maybe God doesn't want that I should get married. Maybe never, you know, there are older singles. They don't get married 40, 50, 60, 70. They're never married, they're all alone. That could be me, right? And then, and then there's this like sinking into feeling alone and separated and just like there's nobody out there that I will ever connect with that will ever understand, love, value, appreciate me for who I am. And then they just give up and there's this like, and they're just, they're tired, And so I work really hard to help people to have beautiful support networks and that I'm not their only support network, right? I'm a part of it and I'm a piece of the puzzle, but my goal is never that somebody grabs onto me and latches onto me and is like, you know, like you're my lifesaver, right? If anybody can get me married, it's you, Aliza, and that's it. My hope and faith is in you. You know what? I don't run the world. Hashem runs the world. You have an amazing support network of family and friends. Not all of them are amazing, but a lot of them are. Well, no, I think like
0: that that's a, that's a point that I wanted to, to dial in a little bit with, with what you were saying is that when it comes to a person's support network, is family and friends sort of what you're looking for? People that quote, know you the best, or do you try to seek out people that are going to be kind of more in line with where you want to go?
1: Ah, uh, that's yes. <laughs> yes and yes. We need our support network that knows us right now, that understands us, that accepts us for, for who we are. But sometimes their vision of us is really limited. And sometimes they know us, they don't know all of us. They know what they want to know about us and the rest of it they can't even see anymore because they're too familiar with us. So it is really important to have a solid support network of people that know and love you, but it's equally as important to build a network of people that you hope to surround yourself by that maybe they're going to know your soulmate because they're that type of person that would hang out with a friend that would be like your spouse right it's it's this and that it's both
0: okay so let's jump back to that like type one type of a person that you're saying that they feel like they know themselves because i i I see a lot of this and it's something that that is a a rather compelling problem uh they feel like they know themselves they feel like they want to they know what they want to give out to the world but the world keeps giving them back something very very different so what do you do in a situation like that and how do you get your i guess the output or what's coming back to kind of match what you want to be giving out
1: Okay, so it's, it's a little bit of a process and part of it is on getting feedback if we can kind of analyze all of the people that they're having interactions with and see if we can find any common threads, right? There there have been clients and some people after doing a little bit of research, either with my help or you know we figure out how to get this information, that they understand that there's something in their personality that's rubbing people the wrong way or that's giving across they think you know they're so clear and they're so straightforward and other people think they're really abrasive and they're not so warm and friendly and easy to get along with and they think that they're too rigid right knowing who you are and knowing what you want it's great if you come across rigid that's not really great but it's not the essence of who they are it's just a reaction to finally figuring out who you are and then like fighting the world to like share it because nobody's listened before now so, so part of that is an analysis of your whole network and, and what their feedback is and trying to understand if there's something we can learn from that because we all have good traits and we all have other traits that we don't like and that we don't really accept about ourselves. But if we can look at those traits about ourselves and we can say, wow, they see it, I see it, I don't like it, it's not going away today or tomorrow. I'm going to accept this part of myself and i'm going to figure out how to navigate it in this situation then they might be able to present themselves differently and there's not this dramatic overnight shift boom you know i'm no longer abrasive when i'm in touch with people but there's an acknowledgement of wait i might need to soften my tone or present myself or use my language or my tone in a different way when i'm interacting with people so there's a lot of personal growth work Um, when I'm working with clients, and I need people who are open to saying, I'm great, right? You have to have self-confidence. You must. I'm awesome. If you don't think you're awesome, why should I think you're awesome? Why should your date think you're awesome? You have to think that you are really a wonderful, good person that has a lot to offer to the world and a lot to offer to a spouse. And at the same time, we have to think like, right, I'm nothing like I like I've got my things to work on, and I've got my stuff too. and this it's always this balancing act of like, I'm pretty good. I'm a good catch. I could work on these things. maybe I'll work on them with you because you're a partner that can help me navigate this and I'll help you with your stuff too.
0: And how does someone handle cynicism in the sense that, either you know just the the way that the world is responding to them has not been what they wanted or very often we see you know i've dated so many people and all men are like this all women are like this that you know she just wants my money he just wants to whatever it might be how do we work on especially as we get older and we have kind of more experiences that might reinforce these i don't want to call them stereotypes life experiences how do we keep an open mind when we keep going out and trying again
1: right So when a person has repeated experiences, it does become their reality, but it's not the reality of the world. And so for me, I help to bring perspective because I work with all different types of people. And when they share their experiences, we talk about it. I like to let people get it out. You know, like if you're feeling frustrated or upset that always the same thing is happening over and over again, Really get it out. Make sure you know that I know, that you know, that you you like released this pent up energy that nobody would listen to you about. You get it out. And then, then I ask if they're open to hearing about some other experiences that I've had in terms of working with clients and understanding what other perspectives are. And that their view of things, right, the way that you see things becomes your story. And if you want to hold on to that story, it's okay. Your story won't change, and you will be right. This will be a self-fulfilling prophecy, and you will always have people that don't treat you well because that's what you believe. If you want to have a different story, if you want to have a different outlook, if you want the world to of what's happening in your life and start to tell a different story. The problem that I see is that there's a lot of, um repetitive thinking and people get stuck in their story and if you can see in, like if you could see a bigger picture then you could understand the world a little bit more and you could you could make a change if you want other people like their story sometimes you can't change people some people are just married to this Like misery loves company, right? And they're going to find somebody else in the world that also has this uh, hard, hard luck, life is tough, you know, story that they they grab onto. And they like people that that have that same story and they connect also. So it's not, you could keep that story, but you're going to attract somebody like that into your life.
0: So it's a very interesting point just to, to reiterate that. A lot of times, it's not that these experiences are happening to us, and therefore we have our opinion. But our opinion, in fact, breeds those continual experiences, and we have to be very careful to try to be aware of our expectations um, in order to kind of think like what I'm going to expect is actually going to be what the outcome might might end up turning out to be.
1: One hundred percent. If you expect to fail over and over and over again, you're going to fail, right? But I also tell people, and and this perspective I think is important, which is Every single person, except the person you're going to marry, is going to be a fail. And that's great, because failure is clarity. What's worse than failure, right? Everybody thinks that failure is the worst thing. A date, I went out, it was awful, ugh, oh right? And they're so low. I'll tell you what's worse than that. I don't know. You go out, and you're like, what do you think? Oh, he's okay, she's okay. Well, what do you think? It's a good match? I don't know. I just, I... It could be, I mean, maybe, but, you know, I just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And you have to go out two, three, four, five, six, ten times or more. It could be months until you figure out if it's a yes or it's a no. I don't know is much worse than no. No is great. No means move on not for you next right it doesn't feel good i'm not saying like you should dance every time you get a no although if you can do that that's great but no is so much better than i don't know a lot of people come to me in a place of i don't know and they're just they're in pain because they're in turmoil they're struggling do i want to marry this person do i like this person should i break up with this person and then, like they're literally all over the map it's just a very challenging and confusing time
0: so and and with with that being said, how does a person get over their anxiety or the frustration that sort of follows when I guess you could say everyone else is sort of paired up and they don 't have their their other other side and I think that that's something potentially as you get older that becomes more and more clear and you have your job that works and you have your whatever else and your interests and your hobbies, but it 's like you don 't have that other person and a lot of times that's that 's embarrassing on on two fronts a you know, why don't I, why haven't I found this person yet? And, and B, when you're in the process of trying to find the person, you know, a lot of times that's, that's also very scary. And it's like, okay, I'm always going back to square zero. So how do you help a person kind of get over those, those mental hurdles to kind of free up their mind in order to kind of pursue this with the, I guess, most positive way possible?
1: Right. So I've had a lot of clients say that they kind of grab on to my understanding and my belief. I don't want to say it's my hope because it's not like, oh, I wish, I hope you're going to get married. It's like I have this understanding and belief in the way that the world works that men and women are supposed to be paired up, right? We're supposed to be as numerous as the stars. How are we going to be as numerous as the stars? Well, unless you pair up, right, and bring new life into the world, that's not going to happen. So we have a blessing that we are going to be this. So I know, and I have a foundation and a belief that we are supposed to be coupled up. And if you don't have somebody, so like, okay, so not today. You're correct. Nobody is here today. Nobody seems right. And nobody in the past has ever been right. Yes. Tomorrow, maybe. Next week, could be. Next month, might be. It might be a year. It might be two years it could be longer than that it's possible but they're there and we're gonna find them period that's it they are there and it's like where's waldo let's go on a search and let's find them and I have a process for working with people to find them, right? Like when you're looking at where's Waldo and you're trying to find Waldo in the midst of all of this whole picture and this image, how do you find and how do you search? Everybody has different search techniques. So I have my own techniques and ways of looking for people. And that's my process. And you don't, I don't make somebody have hope. You don't have to have hope, but you have to have the ability to believe in my, belief and my understanding and my wish for you that this will happen, that that you don't have to have your own, but you just have to hang on with me for a little bit. And we just kind of like, it's kind of like somebody who's limping along. You like put your arm mm-hmm. under them and like you go for a walk together. Now you're not going to move so fast. You're going to hobble around the block, but we're going to do this together and I'm going to be beside you and I'm not going to let you down. I'm going to hold your hand along the
0: way. Fantastic. Uh, two more questions. Question number one is why should a person take a dating coach. What does a dating coach offer that they couldn't necessarily figure out on their own?
1: Great question. I think that a dating coach um, helps somebody to have perspective that, first of all, it's not their own perspective. A dating coach can also help somebody to separate out all the other perspectives. So you have family and friends and community, right? And this whole world around you, and that's buzzing with information. And you never know, like, you're always trying to figure out, well, is that right? Is that right? There's there's a lot of conflicting advice and different advice. And what's true for you might not be true or work for somebody else. And you can't just jump onto every thought that everybody has. So a dating coach can help to separate out what your truth is for dating and what the rest of the noise is world. And I think that a dating coach can also offer accountability. Accountability for you emotionally, keeping yourself in a healthy position, physically keeping yourself in a healthy position, community-wise, making sure that you're not a hermit, you're not alone, you don't Stop calling your friends and stop calling your family and just, you know, like stick to your apartment and your job and that's it. We're gonna make sure that you're healthy and that you're in this world and putting your best foot forward in the world. And then we're gonna deal with dating. So we also, like, my main goal is to hold you accountable to your goal, right? Your goal is to get married great. We're going to do that. You can give up today, but tomorrow we're going to go back to your goal, right? Like, I don't mind. We'll take a break for this week. You want to take a break? Sure. We'll take a break, right? Next week, we're going to get back to this. You told me this is important to you. So you're not going to give up because I'm here to support you. It's kind of like a coach, a workout coach, right? If I tell you I'm going to get on the treadmill every day and I'm going to work out, right? Am I going to do it? If you don't show up at my door and make sure that I'm on that treadmill, probably not. How often am I going to get on it? Maybe once a week, maybe, right? So the accountability piece is really important. And it's not to accomplish my goal. It's to accomplish their goal.
0: Amazing. When you look at, I guess, in your realm of the, the Jewish world, what do you feel like is the biggest challenge that the, like in the modern day that, I guess you could say, Jewish singles face, older Jewish singles face? And what do you think you can do to alleviate that problem?
1: That is really a heavy question. What is the biggest challenge that older singles face? Ooh. I'm gonna, I'll wrap it up into two things. One is I think that in modern day society that the whole world is open to you. Right? You're not in your shtetl. It's not just your little community and you can't go anywhere else. You can swipe right or left and click and boom, you can be connected with somebody on the other side of the world. Totally different country, language, everywhere. Anything is open. And when anything and everything is open to you, you actually have nothing. It's just too vast. It's not narrow enough. There's no focus. So I think one of the greatest challenges is figuring out how to focus and not get ADD with the whole world and try to figure out where might my person be and what clues might I have in my life to find that person. That I think is, is a very big um, burden. I think the second largest burden is that there's been a lot of conversation about a Shidduch crisis. And this word crisis is so deeply rooted in a lack of amuna and a lack of bitachon and a lack of trusting and understanding that Hashem runs the world, and your soulmate is here, right? What's the crisis? Do you think God does fuzzy math? Does He not know one plus one? We're gonna stick them together like He just didn't put enough in the world. There's not. A crisis. There's not a crisis. There's singles. It's hard to get married. It's always been hard to get married. It's as hard as splitting the sea. It's never been easy. That's the way of the world, right? Like we think now it's the hardest ever. Well, on the other hand, it's so easy. The whole world, we, have, we could connect to more people that are like us from all over. We're not limited anymore. So I think the second hardest thing is overcoming this belief system that was put into the world that is fear-based. And people are scared. And they're panicking. What if I don't get married? What if I can't build that family that I've been dreaming of? And pe- there's articles, and there's talks, and people keep propagating it. And that, to me, maybe that's even the bigger issue. That if we spread a message of amuna and Bitachon and understanding the natural order of the world, right? The sun goes up, the sun goes down. The sun goes up, the sun goes down. It's cloudy today. It's sun in the sky. Is I can't see it. Okay. There's a show for you. You can't see it. Okay. He's not here this week. She's not here next month. It's not next year. Okay. But they're in the world. They're in the world. They're here. That's just the way the world works. They're here for you. So instilling that belief for somebody to me is one of the most important things that I can do. And I think that that's one of the biggest challenges that singles face. That's wonderful.
0: Thank you so much. Okay, you have your book, Get Real, Get Married. How do people find you and see some of the stuff that you're working on?
1: Great. So my book, Get Real, Get Married, is on Amazon. The goal is to help singles get over their hurdles and under the chuppah. And it's really a do-it-yourself model for people who are like, just give me the information, I'll figure it out everything is in that book I also have tons of articles online if you google my name Aliza A-L-E-E-Z-A Ben Shalom you'll find me and my website is marriagemindedmentor.com and there's tons of information you can sign up for coaching sessions one-on-one and I'll also be starting group sessions